When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. He's been one of the, the better players at his position for a long time, and he's in the prime of his career, and he's one of the guys that in that locker room uh, is viewed as one of the good guys who... Uh, puts the team first. So I, I believe he's totally amenable to trying to do something that helps the, the cap number, but he does not want to suddenly take a discount, and he's willing to bet on himself. That's Michael Silver on the NFL Network talking about Kyle Rudolph. This is Purple Daily on Score North on 1500 and the Score North mobile app and streaming live on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch at SKOR North. You want to get in on the show, 651-646-8255 or tweet us at SKOR North. I'm Rami Makloff along with Matthew Collar. He was out at Vikings OTAs yesterday. You can read his thoughts on that at scorenorth.com or on the Score North mobile app. Manny Hill on the other side. Of the glass and the Kyle Rudolph contract situation still a thing, Matthew Collar? I wasn't sure why it was still a thing until I was reading Courtney Cronin's uh, sort of breakdown of the whole situation at ESPN.com today. And she joins you on this show most Tuesdays at noon here on Score North. And uh, it's it's a, essentially to give them some breathing room, a little a little wiggle room should they suffer an injury or something happens during the season where they need to go out and sign a free agent right now. They're basically right up against a cap, and should anything happen, they're they're kind of screwed. Yeah, if you listen to Darren Wolfson's The Scoop podcast, he had a former NFL agent, Joel Corey, on, and he explained in a ridiculous amount of detail how this works. <laughs> um, but the long and short of it is you can't go into a season with $500,000 of cap space. You just can't because you have to sign practice squad guys. You have to have room for IR or guys who end up on the physical and unable to perform list. You usually need, he estimated, somewhere between 3 and $4 million in cap space. So they can do all of the off-season stuff right now with the cap space they have without being in violation of the salary cap. But... On day one, week one, they're going to have to have more than this. And there are some other options that they have. They can rework other people's contracts in a similar fashion to what they did with Eric Hendricks, where they can move base salary into bonuses. But that's really just kicking the can down the road and making things more difficult for you at a later date. Right. Uh, and, and you see. And they're already projected to be about $8 million over the, the elevated cap next year. The proje- so they already projected the increase in the cap, and the Vikings are about $8 million over that. Right. 
Right. And so you'd be expecting changes there. You have to maybe move on from somebody like Riley Reef to create cap space. And maybe at that point, they'll feel very good about moving Brian O'Neill to left tackle. But it's hard to project exactly where that's going to go. So the most obvious solution is Kyle Rudolph and, and moving on from him or you could change his base salary to bonus right now, and that would create a good amount of cap space. I think that he hasn't done that because he's playing hardball with them for a contract extension, and I don't blame him for doing that. Every guy, especially when you approach 30, should try to do everything you mm-hmm. possibly can this to maximize last, your this dollars. This is his last big contract yeah. in all likelihood. Yeah, and he should be looking for a deal that includes a lot of guaranteed money and is probably a little longer than two years. When it was put out there that there was a five-year extension on the table, more likely than not, knowing the way the Vikings do contracts, that is not even close to five years. It's probably going to be more like two in the third year is maybe a swing year where they could or they couldn't, and then four and five basically don't even exist. That would be my guess. I thought it was real interesting yesterday when Rudolph was talking at OTAs, and this is a quote. We're in a tough situation. Everybody knows that. That's why we have the best salary cap guy in the NFL, and I believe I have the one of the best agents. So like I said, they're working really hard at it. Then added... With that being said, there's plenty of other teams that are interested as well. That's more transparent than most guys in his situation would be to just flat out say, hey, yeah, it's a a possibility that I'm playing somewhere else in 2019. And my understanding is that Kyle Rudolph is telling the truth, that there are other teams who would be interested in trading for him and working out a long-term contract extension with him. The problem is the New England Patriots are the most obvious. They don't have cap space either. So another team might be interested in trading for him if the Vikings were willing to change around some of that money, and maybe you don't get 7.6 on a cap. Maybe you get more like 4 or 5 mm-hmm. by changing around the money and his cap hit and then trading him. He might be willing to do that if a contract extension was forthcoming with whatever team he went to. But the most obvious team can't afford him right now either, and they would have to make some changes in order to get cap space. Other teams that might be interested are Oakland. Uh, Buffalo just had a tight end that they signed get hurt. That might be another team that really doesn't have a tight end. I feel much better making a trade with Oakland or Buffalo than I do New England because (laughs) when you trade with Bill Belichick, you just assume you're getting fleeced and you're going to end up looking bad when the whole thing is said and done. Even in a roundout kind of way with roundabout kind of way with Cordell Patterson ending up in New England. It was classic. It was like, oh yes, now they're maximizing all his skills. And he's playing running back. He's playing and running it back. worked? That's weird. He wanted to in Minnesota and they wouldn't ever let him. Really? And yeah. I uh, wrote an article about that in 2016 about how Cordell Patterson was interested in playing running back and open to it and it would have been a good idea but they never really tried it. So no surprise New England would try something unique and have it work. But Anyway, back to Rudolph, there will be teams that are interested in a Pro Bowl tight end who catches everything you throw at him. And as much as people criticize him for the yards after catch and things like that, Zach Ertz averaged 10 yards a catch last year. Kyle Rudolph was Mm 9.9. Normally, tight ends don't average 14, 15, 16 yards a catch. You, You just don't expect that from that position unless you're getting some really special player. But guess what? There's only ever been one Rob Gronkowski, and I don't know if there'll ever be another player like that. Right? He's To me, he's one of the all-time great NFL players, and replacing him or asking Kyle Rudolph to be like him, you just can't do that. So I, I've never liked the idea of them moving on from him, and it feels more and more like the Vikings are in a pickle and that Kyle Rudolph 
actually has the leverage here. He absolutely has the leverage. Yeah, because of how much they need him on their offense. And because, and Kirk Cousins is a perfect example of this. Sometimes as a player at a a certain position, the market just kind of comes to you. Yeah. And you look at where Kyle Rudolph is, whether he is bait for a trade this year or whether he's in the free agent market next year. He's a very enticing player to teams because he's the best tight end that money has to buy right now, which usually means you have to pay close to top dollar to get that guy, regardless of where he's ranked, regardless of what Vikings fans think of his production. He's going to get close to top dollar for a tight end because he's going to be the top tight end on the market, whether it's this offseason or next offseason. So he's in a he's in a position where he has hand, he has leverage, and he's using it. And I agree with you 100% that I, I don't blame him at all for using it because you don't get many chances to be in this position of leverage when you're an NFL player. So the, the one or two chances that you get to do it, if you get one or two chances, you have to maximize. Yeah, you have to take your shot with it. And if he hits the free agent market next year, he knows that there's money out there to be made. I mean, you look at Jimmy Graham got a $30 million contract, right. and he was shot at the time that Green Bay signed him. Right. But, I mean, even these other guys who have uh, who are veteran players, Zach Ertz got $20 million guaranteed. How about Trey Burton, a guy who had caught maybe 20-something passes mm-hmm. for the Philadelphia Eagles on the Super Bowl team? Always helps to win, of course. But he got $22 million guaranteed from the Bears. He also threw the Philly special. Yes, he did. So they've got an extra bonus there. Mm-hmm. But, I, I mean, if you're talking about tight end prices, if you're even reasonably good at this, Jordan Reed in Washington, $22 million guaranteed. If you are decent at being a tight end, you are going to get a good amount of interest because there's so very few. I mean, I, I was looking through the entire list trying to come up with guys who are decidedly better than Kyle Rudolph at tight end. I got Jordan Reed, if he's healthy, which he rarely is. Travis Kelsey is definitely better than him. Zach Ertz is better than him. And then uh, maybe Eric Ebron, but he's going to have to prove it for a little bit longer. Kittle. George Kittle, yeah. yeah. Mm. He, there are a couple guys on the on the rookie contracts. Evan Ingram might be, mm-hmm. but he isn't much of a blocker. I mean, you're only talking about a couple of guys that are much better than him. He's probably the eighth or ninth best player at his position in the entire NFL. And And, and when you're the eighth or ninth best position player at your position in the NFL, but you're the top position player at your position in the NFL on the free agent market, that means you get at least top five money. Yeah, I mean, you look at some of these uh, offensive linemen. Robert Mays mentioned it with us yesterday, but like Jawan James got a huge contract to go to Denver and he's not even close to the best right tackle in the NFL. He's probably like ninth, 10th, or 11th best right tackle. And yet he got number one money. And that's what Kyle Rudolph has to be thinking, or at least that he wants to go someplace where they don't draft tight ends all the time. Now, Kyle Rudolph, in a response to someone on Twitter a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. said, The Vikings have been trying to replace me for years, which is not true. Um, Michael Pruitt and David Morgan and Bucky Hodges, late round draft picks, Tyler Conklin. These were not potential replacements. Bucky Hodges was not the replacement plan. (laughs) No, he was not the successor. No, not a sixth round guy who had no idea how to run a route. So I Um, I shouldn't have taken him on my fantasy. team. No, you should not have. Um, That gets to a funny Bucky Hodges story. Uh, (laughs) Two funny Bucky Hodges stories while well, we've got name. time. Just a funny name. That's why I picked that one out of the list of names that you said. Uh, well, Michael Pruitt was spelled M-Y-C-O-L-E. Awesome. And the M and the C are capitalized. So, I love you it. Know, there's that. 
But uh, two funny stories about Bucky Hodges. He got number 84 in camp, which somebody's got to get 84, right? And so he gets, of course, amazing to me. Uh, Randy Moss's number. Mm-hmm. And the first thing he says is, I, I hope that I, you know, it's a legendary number, and I hope that I can be legendary in it. Uh, you won't like, be. Dude, you're a sixth-round <laughs> pick. Like, have a little self-awareness here. Did you say that to him at the press conference? No, but I mean, it was like, what? Did you just say what I think you just said about keeping the number legendary when you're a six-round pick? You should just be like, yes, I'm aware Randy Moss wore it. They gave it to me. There's nothing I could do about that. Casey Kasem all said, keep your feet on the ground and reach for the stars. He did, yeah. yeah. Well, and that's that was Bucky Hodges. Uh, I mean, last year, Chad Beebe had it in camp, said nothing about it. And Irv Smith might not know who Randy Moss is at his age. Like what, people ask, like, so you got the number 84? And he was like, yeah, wore 82 in college, so this will work. He's like, okay, I don't think you know what everyone's getting at here. But then again, you're 20, so uh, I don't think maybe you saw the, the Randy Moss highlights, maybe. It's amazing to me. Uh, Irv Smith was an is. infant child yes, when Randy yeah. Moss was catching touchdowns yes, as a rookie. And we are all 100 years old, basically. <laughs> when when you start asking a player about number 84 and he has no idea what you're talking about. Uh, what was the other one? Oh, we had a bet in training camp mm-hmm. about whether Bucky Hodges would make the team, another mm-hmm. reporter and I, because I noticed he couldn't run routes. It's a problem. So I was like, no way. Not making the team. Nope. So we put an ice cream on it. And they come out with the final cuts. Hodges is on the team. Then they cut him one day later to add somebody else. Cost you an ice cream, though. We went to arbitration. I still lost. <laughs> I agree with that decision. <laughs> I know. But you're know. saying Kyle Rudolph said cuts. on Twitter, the Vikings have been trying to yes, replace me yes, for years. Yes. That's how we started down that and, little And so clearly he feels like he's been disrespected sure. by the Vikings, which, again, is not true. When they're drafting guys in the fifth round, no. it's not true. And when like you're... You can't be the only person on the depth chart, dude. And them drafting, um, you know, Irv Smith, like, I mean... The, you're 30 years old and you're in the last year of your contract. Again, this is not a disrespect. They have right. to have a plan if you decide that you're not going to stay with this team. But there is uh, clearly tension between the two sides. And I think Rudolph has much more leverage because of how much they need him. It's like he knows he could get paid and a job somewhere else. They, If they think they're going to replace him and his production with a second-round pick, that's very, very dicey. It could happen. But more likely than not, through looking at recent history, tight ends do not just step in and succeed. We were talking yesterday about the possibility of trading Kyle Rudolph, and I threw out some reckless speculation, go get Le'Veon Bell. But that's not what I was going to ask you about. The scenario that I hated, the possibility that I hated, was trading him for a draft pick, which you just mentioned. I just think that right now you're in a win-now window, which means every offseason you have to you have to juggle it and put the puzzle pieces together as far as the salary salary cap goes as well as you can but every offseason needs to max needs to be maximized in terms of the effectiveness for that season you yes. can't you yep. can't go into 2019 thinking about 2020 totally. when you have a quarterback who you pushed all the chips into the middle of the table for i entirely agree uh if you're going to go all in and resign Anthony Barr to come back and keep all these defensive players and you're not retooling your roster, you're running it back again, thinking that you're going to be better next year, you can't start subtracting pieces. And even fundamentally, I wonder about this approach because they have one of the best defensive play callers in the NFL, if not the best 
especially when you look at Mike Zimmer's third down success. They're about 4% better than any other team uh, since Mike Zimmer took over on third downs. They're mm-hmm. the best third down NFL team. To me, that's defensive play calling. And I think you could have subtracted some off the defensive side to bolster the offensive side, but instead they doubled down on defense and did spend their draft on the offensive side, but usually drafts, they start to make their big impact two years, three years down the road, unless you're drafting really high with a first-rounder. So it's a very tricky approach to begin with. You're walking a tightrope on offense, and then it's like, did you also consider that your tight end might hold out and might say, you know what, I'm just not playing. If you guys don't give me what I want, I'm going to pull Le'Veon Bell, and I'll just go into the next year, or whatever it might be, and try to force a trade. Players now, I think, are taking their fates into their own hands more than they ever did. He sounded very much like somebody who wasn't going to hold out, though. He talked about, look, this isn't that tough on me. I have a job. I get to come here every day and work with my teammates. And this might have been a veiled shot at Stefan Diggs, who wasn't at OTAs yesterday. I wanted to ask you if that, if that's what you read between the lines. He said, not everybody's here, but like I said, this is what I love to do. I was on a plane yesterday at 6 a.m. to leave New York to get here. I could have easily skipped optional practice, but that's not what a leader of this team does. These guys expect expect to see me out here each and every day, and I'm going to do that. And I saw people speculating that that was a veiled shot at Stefan Diggs. Yeah, it might have been because he was the only guy that wasn't there. Um, but it would be unusual for guys who have been on this team for very long to take veiled shots at each other. Mm-hmm. So that would be kind of surprising if he was right. Um, and I don't know of any contract issue with Stefan Diggs because he just signed an extension just signed it last year. Last yeah. year. The, the thing with Diggs not being there is unusual. Uh, I can't remember ever a time where he has skipped things like this before. And it does set off a little bit of an alarm bell uh, like, is everything okay with him? There was the very weird situation with his brother's Instagram where he had posted a picture of Stefan Diggs in a Washington football team uniform. What? Yeah. This, I didn't hear about yeah, this. This happened earlier this offseason, and it was something with something like make this happen or whatever else. So the internet went ablaze with rumors that he was going to get traded to Washington. Because it was before he signed his, his extension, right? No, I th- no, it's after. Was it after. Yeah, no, it was this off season. It was earlier this off season. So huh. he was already under contract. Oh it, yeah, okay. It, it wasn't like him about to hit free agency. That's why it was so unusual. And people started saying, like, wait a minute, you wouldn't trade Stefan Diggs, would you? But why is this photoshopped picture of him showing up on his brother's Instagram? Now he's from the D.C. area, and it could be just kind of a dumb thing that his brother did, but. Him only intermittently showing up for the workouts as opposed to everybody being there, him not being there yesterday, and Kirk Cousins making a point of saying, look forward to seeing Stefan tomorrow. I'm like, hmm, okay. I, I'm not saying that there's anything serious going on. Right. It is voluntary workouts, but um, I would be surprised if that was an intentional shot by Kyle Rudolph considering that these guys, him and Thielen, have been together for so long. For as much time as I spend on social media, and it's an unhealthy amount of time, Uh, I learned three things in this segment that somehow slipped through the cracks with me when it comes to social media. The Bucky Hodges couldn't run rounds. No, not that. One, Kyle Rudolph saying Minnesota's been trying to replace me for years. Two, the Stefan Diggs thing that you just brought up. And three, we haven't mentioned this yet, but I didn't know that a few weeks ago after Mike Zimmer made the comments he made about Xavier Rhodes and the money he makes and needing to play up to the level of that money. 
liking a tweet from somebody who said uh-huh. Zimmer loves blaming everyone but himself. Yep. I didn't know about that till this morning. How's yep. all this stuff on Twitter slipping past me? Yep. Uh, that was right after the owners' meeting, so this is not super recent. It goes back maybe two months. Yeah, when Xavier Rhodes did that, that wasn't the only tweet either. There was another one that he liked on Twitter that said, "Like maybe Xavier Rhodes needs to get a new start somewhere else." But that's not really up to him. That's entirely up to the team. Um, but uh, this is not a new thing with Zimmer, though. Zimmer has been so straightforward and harsh at times through the media with his defensive players and some offensive players, Laquan Treadwell most notably, and even Case Keenum, that they're, some guys are used to it and don't look too deep into it, and other guys have taken it personally in the past. Anthony Barr was definitely one of them. Now he returned as opposed to going to another team. Maybe he saw what the Jets were like and turned around and ran back to Minnesota. I don't know. But but the proof of the defense staying together and guys not making efforts to leave would say more to me than things like that. But I'm sure that Xavier Rhodes was kind of like, oh, here we go again with him making comments like this, like crushing us in public because it's not the first time. You think Anthony Barr walked in on a shouting match between Gase and McCannion <laughs> about Le- Le'Veon Bell? Maybe he met Gase and his eyes would go all over the place. He's like, you know what? Let me just get back to you but on yeah, signing that deal. I don't deal. know if this is going to work for me. I just got a phone call and whoop, I'm out of here, back on a plane. Uh, but it is a really interesting thing about where this team sits. I feel the same way now as I did going into 2017, that it's teetering. It's teetering on implosion from where the team stands in that locker room because everyone made such big efforts to come back on defense that if they run it back again and the offense is kind of the same and the defense has some problems again and Zimmer doesn't put it on himself. Now, last year he mostly did put it on scheming and things like that. Um, then, Then you are running the risk of having these guys... I don't want to say go full mutiny, but they kind of did that in 2016 at the end of the year where they just disobeyed orders by Mike Zimmer in a game against Green Bay. So, you know, this when you have a win-now team that is at the very end of the rope with Mm -hmm. being a win-now team, which I think the Vikings are over the next two years, Mm -hmm. everything is tricky and the tension is way up. And I even go back to the Kevin Stefanski first press conference when he was announced. And Stefanski kind of came across as like being defensive and sort of agitated with the media. And Zimmer was agitated with the media. And after we wrapped up the press conference, which was the most bizarre introductory press conference for a coach I've ever been to. And then Zimmer yelled. Not more bizarre than Adam Gase, though. Uh, no, I okay. was not. Yeah, I was not there for that. Not not as bizarre. But even then, it would have been like, oh, we're so happy and everything else. Like, the Stefanski press conference was weird and not like that at all. <laughs> and he wouldn't answer any questions. And it was, it was just, like, very strange. I wrote about how weird it was. And then Zimmer, at the end of the press conference, who was over there in the corner, basically, like, rolling his eyes and huffing and puffing at questions, stood up and then yelled something about how another reporter had gotten a scoop wrong about who the offensive coordinator was going to be. It's just... Everything about this offseason says tension about this team. Right. And I think it just really shows you what's on the line. I, uh, real quick, we got to go to a break. So back to the Kyle Rudolph situation. To me, best trade, best case trade scenario for the Vikings, if you can't come to a contract agreement with him and, and there's no way to go into the season with the cap situation being what it is or alleviating that, that space anywhere else, 
If you can find a team that has a third wide receiver who's in need of a tight end and the contract you're getting is two or three million dollars cheaper than Kyle Rudolph, that's your perfect that's your perfect match right there. If that's out there. I just don't know how it's out there. Yeah, unless there is another situation where somebody's really unhappy with a contract situation. But then again, how are you taking that on? Right. Right. I mean, because this is the whole issue. I think other teams also are not willing to give up a darn thing for Kyle Rudolph. They know the situation that the Vikings are in, and they're looking at it and going, six-round pick? We're not going to give you anything. Why should we help you? Right. Yeah. It's a sticky situation it is. that the Vikings find themselves in right now. Thanks for hey, some good drama. We have a new segment here on Purple Daily. We introduced it to you on Monday. It's called Hot Routes, and it is sweeping the nation. It's America's favorite new football segment, and it's coming up next on Purple Daily on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. It's Purple Daily on Score North. Football fans, it's Mackie here for Federated Insurance. You might not know this about me, but I've been a business owner a couple different times in my life. I can relate to the roller coaster ride, the never-ending sea of problems to solve, the exhilaration of those incremental wins. If you're a business owner, I recommend getting to know Federated, which has over a century of experience in protecting businesses and making them as successful as they can be. You want a company like Federated standing behind your business. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Mutual Insurance Company. It's our business to protect yours. The Vikings are on your mind all the time, not just during the season. Purple Daily on Score North, scorenorth.com. Purple Daily on the all-new Score North on 1500scorenorth.com. I'm Rami Makhlouf along with Matthew Collar, Manny Hill on the other side of the glass. If you enjoyed this show, search Score North Vikings wherever you download podcasts and uh, get a hold of all of our Vikings content or just go get that Score North mobile app available in the Apple and Google Play stores. Listen live on demand via the Score North app. And the longer you listen live, the more points you rack up for potential rewards. The Score North mobile app is also your one-stop shop for all written content on Score North. Com, including Matthew's thoughts on uh, first day of OTAs yesterday. A couple columns coming out of that. You can also type live.scorenorth.com into your web browser if you want to stream us live. Or if you have an Amazon Alexa device, just say Alexa, open Score North. So many ways to listen to us. Are we ready for hot routes, man? Oh, man, are we ready for hot routes? Caller has questions. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! And he wants your answers. Street! Red, red, red! Red Polly! Blue Poncho! In rapid fire fashion. Gun flex right stack. 394 dragon smoke. It's hot routes on Purple Daily. 588! Oh, I love I love hot routes. I love play calls. They're the most ridiculous thing ever. Brilliantly executed, Manny. Manny Wonderfully I, done. I just tackled Rami in here. Can I ask you to make <laughs> just one alteration to that? Mm-hmm. I don't remember which one it was, but in Gruden's QB camp, it might have been Andrew Luck. Spider 2Y Banana. Yes. Spider two, can we get Spider 2Y banana? banana into the open for hot routes? Yeah. I know it's I know it might be a lot of work to go in and then splice we, that we in. Can just... we get because that's one of my favorite Quarterback camp moments. It's all about the, the audibles, baby. Why did you want banana? You throw to the fullback. <laughs> the fullback is wide open. A spider two wide banana. You're throwing it to the backside, and that fullback is wide open. So, Andrew, where do you throw it? On spider two wide banana. Uh, fullback. That's right. <laughs> that's so, one of my uh, favorite episodes. Yeah, it's amazing. So, this is hot routes. This is where Matthew Collar throws. Uh, yes. Just throw th- throws things at us on the fly, uh-huh, like you yep. would a hot route at the line of scrimmage. Exactly. So, uh, go 
Go so, ahead, Matthew Collar. What do you have for me? First question for you. Do we have, uh, can we NFL music this thing up? Please. Do, 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 do. Oh, yeah. Oh, All right. Yes. There we go. There we go. Okay. At the front of the ESPN football page, NFL page, there is this, an ESPN Plus article. Could the Chiefs miss the playoffs? Five reasons why it's not crazy. That is the headline of the article. Mm. Fellas, can you come up with one reason why the Kansas City Chiefs or how I the can. Kansas City Chiefs I couldn't come up with five. The playoffs. I couldn't come up with five. Okay, I, can you come up with two? I, I think one is up, super obvious. I can can't come up, with, up two? with two. But the one, like you said, that's super obvious is since the start of last season, Patrick Mahomes has lost his two most dangerous weapons on the offensive side of the football. See, I was thinking that Patrick Mahomes getting work, or getting hurt getting would be hurt. That's the, what okay, that, okay, that's the, the other, only way. That, that would be the second one then. Okay, now follow-up question then for both of you. Percentage chance that the Chiefs miss the playoffs? Eight. Yeah, I'd say about 15% maybe. I don't I, think it's yeah, very high. I, I'm going extremely low. I'm going yeah. less than 10. I'll go because you and A. I'll be like Price is Right and go 7 Seven percent. Damn you! I will give you what ESPN says for its explanation. Regression is inevitable because when you uh, perform that high of a level offensively through history, normally you drop back a bit. And as you mentioned, Rami, the offensive personnel did get worse, and the defense has not improved a lot by personnel. But a new defensive coordinator could make a big difference there. I would yep. say they did uh, make the trade. The trade for Frank Clark, right? They did, yes. Yeah, that, but that they lost D Ford, and yeah. uh, their schedule is tougher, as it always is when you're a first place team. They do that on purpose, and they say that uh, the Chargers are better. So I totally believe they'll be worse than they were. Maybe you're talking about a ten win season instead. But when you have that quarterback, you're going to be good. Yeah, he I, gets his seven eight wins. I think he is among the category of. The top three or four quarterbacks in the league where it does not matter what else happens around you, he's going to make everybody better. I agree. Hot route number two. Okay. 28, Baker Bruce! 28, Baker Bruce! Baker Bruce. Got That's it. great. These are these are better than uh, than I could come up with the other day. <laughs> uh, you, had, you had nowhere to, to run. You didn't even know what to do. I had you no were just idea. spinning in circles. All right. Uh, NFL coaches and scouts on ESPN made their picks for the best offseason moves. All right. I would like you fellas to tell me so far, things could still happen so far. What do you think around the league was the best offseason move? And I will also add in, or the team that had the best offseason. Hmm. For me, can I can I say it's a tie between two? Sure. This is hot routes. You can do whatever you want. I'm gonna say. There are no rules. Getting OBJ and getting Antonio Brown in the That's trades that those two teams pulled off are a tie for the best moves in this offseason. I agree with that. Because I don't buy the, the narrative with either one that the guy is necessarily a problem or a cancer in a locker room. I, I think that if you ask guys in the locker rooms that they played in, there were plenty of people who loved them in those locker rooms and thought they were just fine teammates, but they were in organizations with dysfunction and those organizations mm-hmm. point a finger at that guy and say he's the problem and for some reason a lot of people are willing to buy that narrative from writers who have inside on an organization i know vikings fans are not going to want to hear this but i liked what the packers did in free agency i don't i don't think they had a great draft the draft was a little perplexing but to go get, defense get, yeah. but to go Surprising. defense and free agency and they haven't done that significantly in a while. So 
certainly certainly didn't do a lot of that under Ted Thompson. And now Gutekunst and everybody is running the show now. And I, I kind of like what they did by getting some pass rushers, knowing that you know you could potentially have some success on that side of the ball in this in this division. And uh, they made progress last year under Mike Pettin, but just yeah. didn't really have the personnel to get after the passer. Zadarius Smith, I'll say it 50 times before the season, remember his name because, I mean, he is a great player that nobody knows about because he played for Baltimore. Right. All right, next hot route. That's Uh, classic. The Los Angeles Chargers and Los Angeles Rams, this is according to Pro Football Talk, will eventually have to pay $645 million for the privilege of moving to Los Angeles. So far, they have not paid that money but they have to start paying it eventually. My question for you is, so they're building a new stadium in Los Angeles. A, is that that cool to you or mean anything to you? B, do you guys think that the Chargers actually stay in Los Angeles long-term, or could they move back to San Diego because of an extreme lack of fan interest in the Chargers? Is the new stadium cool? I, I, I like the evolution of new stadiums. Every time a new stadium is built, we see things that we haven't seen in stadiums of the past. So, yeah, I guess that's pretty cool. I don't really care about whether or not L.A. has a new football stadium, but that means that the next stadium after that and the next stadium after that, and eventually when we need new stadiums here in Minnesota, will continue to evolve and we'll have cooler and cooler and newer and newer things, which is always awesome in my book. I don't know about, I don't know about the charters. That's, how do you mess that up that bad? That you move out of a city where your entire existence has been and you have a pretty loyal following to the second largest market in the country and you don't really seem to have a concrete plan on how you're going to stay there long term. I know. There were more uh, more Chiefs fans than Chargers fans at one of their games this year. It's unbelievable. I... I've seen pictures of what the new stadium in LA will look like. It looks a little weird, but I guess does it it's supposed to have like a glass roof or a glass yeah, half they put roof, a roof or on something it? like that. Yeah, they did look like they did put a roof on it. Or wow. they're going to put a Apparently, roof on it. Apparently it does rain in Los Angeles because yeah, we of found the, that uh, out the yesterday. rain out. I yeah, last time I was in LA, in San Diego I, I drove by it and it is absolutely massive. It's right it's right next to the forum, the old Laker Forum. Yeah. And great Western Forum. It is yeah. So gigantic that I kind of can't wait to see it. I'm sure I'll eventually get to cover a game there, and uh, I, I do get excited about that, but I I think that it's a very real possibility that the Los Angeles Chargers end up moving back to San Diego or somewhere else because they can't get anyone to cheer for them, but maybe that'll change when they have the new stadium. Uh, next hot route. Juju Smith-Schuster mm-hmm. talking with the Pittsburgh media said there's no drama in the Pittsburgh Steelers locker room. What are you guys talking about? What's the worst lie you ever told? <laughs> what, is, what, is, what is the most obvious? Someone asked you something, you just went like, no. And you were clearly just lying because Juju Smith-Schuster, that is an extreme lie to um, say that there is no drama in the Pittsburgh Steelers locker room. All right, now, both of these are didn't happen on a particular... Uh, occasion or in one instance it's something I do regularly um, I lie to my girlfriend about what I ate or <laughs> if she asks uh, did you fart because oh. like, <laughs> and they're bad lies because I'm obviously lying about both I'm you lying could, about both could blame the dog I always blame the dog and I'm lying <laughs> it was me 
I have. That's uh, gonna be a tough one to beat. I have. Lied. <laughs> I have lied about farting before. Oh. I was like a teenager though. But, you haven't yeah, done but, it since you were a teenager. I think I that's a lie. That's a lie. I think that's an obvious lie. The segment was the not for you to tell us more lies. That was a lie. Oh, good old Maury Povich. Um, I don't know. I. I'm trying to think of a like a blatant lie that I've told. I can't really think of one. I'll tell you what my worst one is, and I may have done it to you just like minutes ago. Mm-hmm. When someone asks me, like, you know, you've heard of this person, right? I'll be like, yeah. Oh, I do that all the time. And <laughs> that, no, I, like, you asked me if I had heard of someone, and, like, the name sounded vaguely familiar, but if you had asked any follow-up questions, I would have been like, dude, I have no clue. I do that it, all the time. You, you, were, you were talking about someone who was on Comedy Central, and I think I had heard the name before. So you're like, you know him? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, Adam Devine from yeah. Workaholics. And I went, yeah, because I think I've heard of that, maybe. <laughs> like, or seen a commercial or something. <laughs> He's but also in some commercials, I, too. I, I don't know what the threshold is. He's in is Captain Morgan commercials. For that being a lie or the truth. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you had said, is he white? I would have been like, I have no idea. I often lie <laughs> just to keep conversations moving or to end them. Often. <laughs> like, like, like it goes way. it goes through my head like how important is it that we relay this information whether I'm relaying it to them or they're they're relaying it to me and is it important enough that I need to correct it or do I just agree and move on like you just did and yeah, then I will yeah. agree and move on nine times out of ten see I'm much more I'll fight this till the death I'll move stuff in my schedule to keep fighting you on something <laughs> <laughs> hold on I'm busy uh, last last hot route. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! The Lions postseason victory drought. I want you guys to guess for this hot, hot route how many days the Lions have gone without making the playoffs. Oh, man. Did man. either one of you see days? this? No, how many I did not days? See Someone this. calculated the days. I don't even know what years, so this is a total shot in the, the dark. Um, There's a couple of. This is. Days since they last made the playoffs, a victory. A victory in the playoffs. playoffs. They won a playoff game. I think it was. was I don't know if I can. Fifty-seven, right? I'm trying to like. No, no, they won. um, Supposed to be hot routes. Supposed to be quick. Hot routes. Ninety-one. Six hundred thousand three hundred fifty-four. Well, they made the NFC Championship game. (laughs) (laughs) They made the NFC Championship game in ninety-one. They lost to Washington. No, it wasn't in four BC, Robbie. So we're talking twenty-eight years since they last won a playoff game. My math is terrible. But it's 10,000. Like, I'm 10, just going to stop you okay. right there. Wow. The drought of a playoff victory for the Lions reached 10,000 days. So that's, if you're a sad Vikings fan, it could always be worse. I was just a little bit off. You could be the All Lions. Right. That's America's favorite new football segment, Hot Routes. This is Purple Daily on Score North on 1500scorenorth.com. And we'll be back right after this. You're listening to Purple Daily on Score North. Purple Daily on Score North on 1500scorenorth.com. The Glenn Perkins Show. Glenn Perkins on baseball coming up at 1 o'clock here on Score North on 1500. I like 1500. your breakdown last night's game. Oh, what a mm. terrible night last night mm. with no twins, no playoffs. I will say. 
There was nothing to do. Uh, my put a roof on it mandate, which will go into effect the day I, I go into the commissioner's office. The state of California is exempt. I mean, they've okay, had, right. I think, three rainouts in the history of yeah. the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, California, United States. Rocco Baldelli seemed a little teed last night that they didn't play. Well, I mean, it is kind of stupid that you don't have a drainage, like any sort of drainage system whatsoever it really doesn't on your rain field. There that much. Yeah, but I mean, it is going to rain and there will be puddles. So that part of it didn't make sense to me. That's a really stupid reason to get rained out. Like there were clear blue skies above the stadium, sun shining. It rained for like half an hour and you couldn't play a baseball game. It was like that. That's Little League. It was like that all afternoon, too. I was watching the, the Padres and the Diamondbacks. They were playing an afternoon game yesterday and it would like be like torrential downpours for like 10 minutes and then like the sun would be out. Yeah. It was really, 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 I remember. Really I remember when I played Little League football or Little League baseball and it would rain for half an hour and your day was ruined and your game was canceled because of course Little League fields don't have drainage systems. Mm-hmm. But how does a major well, league stadium not have a drainage system? I mean, if they've rained out three times in history, you're probably like, oh, let's just save the money. And I mean, that stadium was built a long time ago True. too. Yeah. Like, Put a drainage system. Put a drain in it. on it. It's less, way less <laughs> catchy. Way less catchy. Uh, so I wanted to throw this uh, scenario at you, Mister Rami. Yes. If the Vikings do trade Kyle Rudolph for a third round pick, yes. What do you think they do to replace his production? I can give you a second to think about it by telling you about his last couple of years because I think it's better than people think it is. Now, when he's been targeted, this is the quarterback rating when he's been targeted over the last three years. Last year, it was 113.5, meaning Kirk Cousins had 113 rating when throwing at him. 2017, the combination between Bradford and mostly Case Keenum, 115. And in 2016, Sam Bradford, it was 104.9. A lot of success there, and he had 83 catches, 64, and 63 in no sort of order there. And as far as the pro football focus grades, number one in the NFL in terms of his drop grade, because he's only dropped two passes over the last two years. So what are they doing to replace the, I would project probably 65 catches for him. Where are they getting that? Um, the only good answer I have for you, because I like Irv Smith, I think he's a, he's a good player and will be a, a, a decent tight end in this league, but you just can't count on rookie tight ends. I'm going to reference that Courtney Cronin article again from ESPN.com and catch her every Tuesday on the show along with Matthew Collar. Um, it, the paragraph reads, rookie tight ends typically aren't plug-and-play pieces on offense. According to Pro Football Focus, only eight rookie tight ends in 2018 saw more than 20 targets. Not 20 receptions, mm. 20 targets. While some of the worst blocking grades belonged to first year yes, tight ends, uh, that's what I was going to bring up is that three of the four, four, three of the four worst blockers in the NFL at the tight end position were rookies last year by Pro Football. So players. I don't think you can count on getting that production at the tight end position. At least not not all of it. Maybe a fraction of it. The only other good answer I have for you is a healthy Delvin Cook out of the backfield. Now Delvin Cook last year I thought was a little underutilized, but still. You know, made a good number of catches, and I just don't know how, like, how much you can throw to him. I mean, you, you can. I mean, that last year, Saquon Barkley had 90 catches, so you can. But if you make that your centerpiece, is he going to get hurt again for the third no. time in three and years? And also, I don't think Dalvin Cook is the target in the red zone that a Kyle yeah, Rudolph is. Totally, That's where you're totally, going to miss him the most. Totally. So you, 
I mean, you're, you're going to want to use Delvin Cook, but I think they also want to run a lot with Delvin Cook, which is where I was going to go with this, that I think that the uh, 65 passes that would have gone his way are just going into the hands of Delvin Cook as a, a running back, potentially, and I don't know how they're going to mix in Mike Boone and Alexander Madison to their other running backs, but as far as the receivers go, there isn't one that stands out to me that can be that guy who you're saying, okay, well, they got so-and-so, so he's definitely going to step up. There is a really interesting battle in the wide receiver three. Yesterday, um, I talked about with you guys during practice how Jordan Taylor was standing out to me, and after practice, Kirk Cousins shouted him out as a guy that had stood out, and he's had a handful of catches for Denver. He's six foot five, and so you know maybe a tall target there that ends up in the red zone, but you know everybody is unproven. The, the wide receiver, Jeff Baddett, who they picked up last year as an undrafted guy who runs like a 4-2, he had a couple of impressive plays. He is insanely, insanely fast. He had a couple of impressive plays yesterday. Chad Beebe is a guy we talked about a little bit as being that slot wide receiver who rotates in. It might just end up being a team effort, and then maybe they hope that Tyler Conklin improves. Last year, Tyler Conklin got a fair amount of playing time and came away with either four or five catches, but that might be what they hope is that David Morgan could start catching the ball a little more. And then, you know, Tyler Conklin, the guy they drafted last year steps up. But I think the point is just, it's not easy. It's not easy to find those 60 something catches that you were going to give to him. Even if you give 35 of them to Irv Smith or, or whatever number you want to give to Irv Smith, even if you give 40 to Irv Smith, it's still You got a lot to make up there, especially in terms of the percentage that he caught. 85% completion percentage when Kirk Cousins was thrown his way. Yeah, two things complicate the answer to the question of how do you replace Kyle Rudolph's production. One, everything we've heard about Gary Kubiak's offense and everything we've seen from his offenses in the past, you rely pretty heavily on the tight end. And in a lot of formations, two tight end sets to set up the play action. So you you need a reliable tight end in this offense from everything that we understand Two, they didn't go out and get a, a bona fide proven or even a guy who's promising at the third wide receiver slot. All those names you just gave are kind of shots in the dark. Yep. I mean, there, there isn't one guy there who you look at and go, Ooh, that's intriguing. You look at them all and go, I hope you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, exactly. So had, had they gotten a third wide receiver, I might I might say okay that's where that's where uh, Cousins can turn in instances where he turned to to Kyle Rudolph mm-hmm. in the past but you don't have that and you have an offense that relies heavily on the tight end. Might I point out too to expand on the point about rookie tight ends Kyle Rudolph as a rookie tight end in 2011 and that was a really really bad Vikings team that was Leslie Frazier's first full season as Vikings head coach and they went three and thirteen but. Uh, 39 targets, 26 catches, 249 yards, and three touchdowns. A rookie, Kyle Rudolph. Yeah, yeah. It's very rare. Evan Ingram had 64 catches, I think, and he's the only guy that's cleared, I think, 50 catches over the last 10 years or something like that, Mm -hmm. that you just don't see it very often because it is such a demanding position. And you may not love Kyle Rudolph as a run blocker, but when you look at his grades, he's like below average, but... There's a potential for a rookie, Irv Smith, who is way undersized for a tight end, that it couldn't just, it might not just be below average. It might be horrific. It might be you're getting steamrolled every time you try to block a linebacker. 
he's in for a lot different competition than you have in college. When you watch his tape in college, there's a lot of impressive things that Irv Smith does. So I don't doubt that he has the talent to be a very good tight end. And he's going to be 21 when the season starts. That's definitely part of it. Yeah, that's definitely part of it. He's not fully developed. And you're not, even if you're playing at Alabama, you're not talking about anybody close to what NFL teams have in terms of competition for who he would have to block. Right. So you'd have to rely a lot actually on David Morgan as your blocking tight end, but that pretty much gives it away when he's in the game. Like, well, David Morgan's in, he's going to be blocking. Right. Right. Yeah. And so he's a nice guy to mix in here and there. And I don't know what Tyler Conklin can do. There wasn't a whole lot that he put on tape last year. He was decent in training camp, but I mean, if you're relying on these things in a win now team, if we were talking about a team that's trajectory was going up, let's say they had tanked and drafted high and they were six and 10 last year. And we were saying, okay, well maybe make the playoffs this year. Then I mean, it's an entirely different conversation. Then it's goodbye, Kyle. Let's see the young guys play. But with a team that has such high expectations, I just don't know how they can do it in that. That gives Kyle Rudolph all the leverage. All and, the, the and this leverage. is why I yep. bring out the, the holdout idea is he might say stuff like, hey, a leader shows up and my family's going to be fine. But when it comes down to it, this is a guy who was on the field when Teddy Bridgewater's knee blew up. And if you were there and you saw that, you know how quickly this can all end. Right. Or Zach Miller last year for Chicago, you know how quickly this can all end. You're not going to say, yeah, let me put my the rest of my career, my potential earnings Let's say, let's put, let me put $30 million on the line here to practice with you guys at training camp. That's Matthew Collar. Again, find all his thoughts, his musings on the Vikings, including his observations from day one of the OTAs at scorenorth.com or on the Score North mobile app. You can uh, type in live.scorenorth.com to listen to us live or just say Amazon Alexa Open Score North. For Matthew, for Manny, I'm Rami saying thanks for listening to Purple Daily. The Glenn Perkins, Glenn Perkins on baseball is coming up next. With winter weather making it harder to stay active, here's a gift idea for the outdoor adventurer in your life. The Allbirds Mizzle Collection. The Allbirds Mizzle is designed for those who won't take snow for an answer, featuring built-in puddle guard technology to keep the winter wonderland where it belongs, not in your shoe. The weather-ready sole offers enhanced traction, so you go on winter runs with confidence. And it's made with premium ZQ Merino wool, a naturally insulating material that keeps your feet warm and sports a low environmental impact. Allbirds displays their carbon footprint right on the shoe, so you can see the difference for yourself. On top of that, they actually offset the carbon footprint to zero, making their missile collection completely carbon neutral. So you can stay warm and dry while trading lighter. This holiday season, get on their nice list when you shop the Allbirds Mizzle Collection. Discover your perfect pair at Allbirds.com. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.